Blog Talk Radio. Reports keep coming in from all over the globe, confirming it as true. To say that the world is in a state of shock this morning would be to understate the situation. The event seems to have taken place at the same time all over the world, just about 25 minutes ago. Suddenly and without warning, literally thousands, perhaps millions of people just disappeared. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to End Time Tribune, covering breaking news and current events as it pertains to Bible prophecy. In effect, dispelling all the cunningly devised fables about the rapture. For he is coming. He who sitteth upon the throne is coming. And he will rattle your cage.
Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to this week's edition of the End Time Tribune, April 14th, 2018. Ladies and gentlemen, found a very interesting article from the other side of the pond, shall we say? I'm going to read it so you can come to grips with what those outside of Mundus Novus know about what most of you believe in your hearts. It's rather quite disturbing to read, actually. The name of the article is from the Geopolitica. It is called The Crusade Against Us. It quotes as thus, The strangest part of dispensationalism, it is presumed that the moment of the tribulation, the Anglo-Saxon Christians will be taken up, raptured to heaven, as if on a spaceship or saucer. And there, they will write out the war between Gog, the Russians, and Israel. Then Anglo-Saxons, together with the Protestant Christ, will descend to earth again, where they will meet the Israeli victors over Gog, who will convert to Protestantism. Then begins the thousand-year reign, and America, together with Israel, will dominate the stable paradise of the open society, the one world. This extravagant theory, if not for certain circumstances, would remain in the domain of marginal fanatics, but, first of all, one such convinced dispensationalist, a sincere believer in the literal fulfillment of such an eschatological scenario, was none other than Cyrus Schofield, famous for being the original producer of the popular English Bible, the Schofield Reference Bible. I think I'll stop right there, but he goes on to mention many more enlightening things, like uh, Manifest Destiny. Ladies and gentlemen, you need to come to grips with what the rest of the world believes, because they don't believe like you do. Take, for example, here's the headline published this week. What is the rapture? What does it mean in the Bible? And will the world end on April 23rd? Ladies and gentlemen, straight from the article. The rapture is a term frequently used by Christians to describe the end times. It is purportedly a time when the world will come to an end and all of the souls of believers will be raptured up to heaven. Though it is not an accepted event in all denominations, it is particularly common among some evangelical sects. goes on to say, What does the Bible say about the rapture? The word rapture does not appear in the Bible. But the term is frequently used 
in when referring to the second coming of Jesus. The meaning of the rapture is the idea that the coming of Jesus will take place in two stages. The first will be a secret rapture, where the saved will be carried to heaven at the beginning of the seven-year period of tribulation during which the Antichrist will appear. The second occurs at the end of the period when it is said Jesus will return to earth in triumph and glory. Ladies and gentlemen, please try to come to grips with the items that I just detailed. Both of these were authors not on this hemisphere. And you will take note that they all know that this is what most of us believe, that we believe that Gog is Russia. Um, we're going to be taken to heaven, even though that's not where Abraham is or David or even Mary. You know, come to think of it, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, the sons of thunder, they're not in heaven. They're actually in paradise. So you have to understand how disturbing this is to the rest of the world. And this idea of instigating and triggering these events is a very seriously dangerous endeavor. But ladies and gentlemen, I named this uh, episode of the Trumpocalypse series, The Syrians First Strike, because we don't even know what that is, do we? You know, Brian and I was discussing it. Ladies and gentlemen, we don't even know if there was a chemical attack, for one. I mean, the Russians warn of an impending attack the day before, and then they say it never happened. Then we have people that are saying that we got proof, and I watched today live stream news uh, members of our government saying that they did not have the proof of any chemical attack. Yet, we already made the first strike. So, in reference to the first strike, we don't even know what we're talking about. Who, who conducted the first strike of the chemical attack that would force a Western response. We don't know who did that attack yet, but yet we carried out a first strike without proof. Now, I heard that from our own government. They said they had no proof. They were trying to obtain the proof. So, with all this in mind, we enter into very treacherous waters indeed. You know, we need to really take a serious look at what can actually be ascertained. I, I, 
they need to prove. I mean, I made mention on the last broadcast that, you know, you can't determine, even if these people that were injured in this march of return, you cannot know if that was done by small arms fire at close range or a high-velocity sniper round at long range without the hospital records. Of course, we're not even giving that. I, I mean, we have no idea. Where's the doctors that work for the, well, the World Health Organization? I'm sure they could come up with those results literally momentarily if there had been a chemical attack against anybody. So, Brian, your thoughts on these matters and the simple fact that when it comes to this phrase, the Syrian first strike, it, it's hard to determine just exactly what was the first strike. It's, it's hard to figure it out. So your thoughts on this and, and what you've at least tried to gather uh, from all – New sources available. Well, it looks like Brian dropped again. He's having massive problems with uh, his internet. So, ladies and gentlemen, consider this. That when you go to live feeds for what is... Breaking as it comes out. I mean, right now, we obviously conduct in strikes, but Hezbollah is denying the reports about airstrikes in the base that's in South uh, Aleppo. Hezbollah is coming out saying that it's just war propaganda, and uh, it was just being reported uh, that this success was just to boost morale. Now, the Turkish media released that explosions in areas controlled by their government forces in Daraa al-Zur. We have it reported that there were casualties as a result of an explosion at Iranian base in Hassan. In South Aleppo. And ladies and gentlemen, it's one thing to hit a terrorist organization, it's another thing altogether to be hitting Iranian soldiers at their base. Uh, that's an outright open act of war. Ladies and gentlemen, and that's that's no joke. So, Brian, do we have you this time? I hope. Well, I guess we're just going to have to see here. Um, once again, funnel uh, connection issues as I'm trying to talk on BTR. So I'm looking through my security logs as we speak. Now, to answer your question on what to make of this 
It's not a two-second answer. Right now, I will state that the pretext for this attack is really sitting upon flimsy evidence. And this is, according to the French intelligence document that was declassified yesterday, they put it to Reuters. I have posted it. The statements in there are pointing to the fact that they, the vast majority of what they used was images that were obtained through social media and media on the Internet. That's where they came to their conclusions from. They go on to say, well, we have other sources and then name none of them. The United States turns around and says basically the exact same thing. Once again, they state we have intelligence sources, but they refuse to bring forward any evidence. In the Pentagon briefing yesterday, just as they brought up, um, multiple reporters had asked that same question, and they immediately diverted the uh, question as fast as possible and refused to answer, stating that, well, we can't bring that forward at this time. If it's given to me, I'll bring it forward. The same response keeps showing up out of all of them. You have on the flip side of this, you have the direct uh, Russian news agency that essentially will be posting stuff directly from their uh, political establishment's mouths, bringing forward other details in this equation, stating this is going to be a little bit longer, and this is just for a summary now. But basically bringing up the point that things need to be seriously looked at here, we have actual evidence and proof of what is happening with this quote-unquote alleged attack, and thus forward, we will be bringing it forward for the whole world to see. And that's the whole point. Okay, folks, it's not that I'm taking sides in this. The whole point being is that I would have to agree with uh, Mr. Larov, who made those statements yesterday when I saw them live on BBC as they somehow magically dropped the connection to them midstream, and the timing was very strange. But that doesn't matter because TAS News Agency reported on the entire conversation. And I would agree with him. If there's evidence, this evidence needs to be brought forward so that the world can see it. This, this garbage of stating that, well, we need independent sources to go on the ground to verify this, as opposed to internationally delegated response forces for these things to investigate. The OPCW, for instance, okay, Russia called that they be sent out there. The United States turned around this week and said, no, we want independent investigations. Now, to make matters worse, the Pentagon made statements yesterday to the effect of that no OPCW affiliate has been able to get in on the ground to even examine any of the uh, evidence from the quote-unquote previous alleged attacks. But yet, here's the problem. The French intelligence briefing states the opposite. Okay, folks, I've been following this narrative. I've been following this more closely than people even want to know. Um, every hour of this entire last week, outside of a couple of hours where I eat and get ready to go to sleep, I have been 
looking into details of this from every single angle, not to even mention staying on top of all the majorly developing events. And look, last thing I'm going to say for now. For the year, at least through End Times Tribune on Blog Talk Radio, I have stated that all of this was coming. Hit the rewind button. We've continually walked through this, be it through the bands of time or whatever other media we've used over time. We've been pointing to these factors that they were coming down the barrel, and now we're staring it in the face. You know, I guess in one last message, then the person that made this comment, they'll know who I'm talking to. Yeah, you got me. Yeah, you got me all right. Sorry if I don't approve of people running covens out of their home and uh, what else, you know, here. I'm sorry that I've dedicated how many years to doing the very thing that I do. So just keep that in mind before you sling your little comments around. That's all I got to say for now. Well, Brian, you know, let's back up. What was the delivery system used for the alleged chemical attack? Was it a missile? Was it an IUD? Was it a mine? Was it an aerial spray from a drone? You know, I looked around, Brian, as to what the delivery system was. And, oh my goodness, um, I couldn't determine what the delivery system was. Now, ladies and gentlemen, let's, let's, let's talk about even a commercial airliner incident. Ladies and gentlemen, you do realize that we have taken the obliterated pieces of entire commercial jet airliners and reconstructed them in hangars. And yet we can't, with any clarity, get the delivery system involved with this supposed chemical attack because, literally speaking, this would be the first strike. Not the missile strikes carried out by the West against the duly elected Syrian government. So like I said, this calls into question just exactly what is the first strike. So with that in mind, uh, test results are easy to obtain, irrelevant or irregardless of their original language. So, you know, even chlorine leaves masses, massive amounts of residue. You can quite easily and quite quickly determine the point of origin for the attack. And it just blows my mind that uh, we are 
openly attacking a foreign power without the permission of Congress acting completely outside the duly constitutional boundaries set up by the United States of America. It's, it's troubling to me. And we did so without proof and verification of the attack itself. This stinks to high heaven. This this literally reeks of treachery on all kinds of levels. But ladies and gentlemen, as I read to you from that article, um, everyone in this hemisphere has been convinced that, well, uh, Gog is Russia, and they're bad. When it's common knowledge that ISIS had full reign and control of the chaos, until the Russians showed up, and the Russians nipped that in the bud rather quickly. You know, let me make this clear. To everybody, Brian and I are not Republicans, and we're not even remotely Democrats. We're pro-people, especially the innocent ones. You know, I watched some live commentary today. From people actually in Syria that have witnessed the attacks. And oh my goodness, they had nothing good to say about us. And uh, the civilians were saying, yeah, they were moving around military equipment. Getting it out of the way of the coming attack. So the government knew it was coming. The civilians didn't think it was too funny. You know, well, let me ask you something. What would what would that happen? Is that happen to you? If you live close to a military base and you notice that they moved all the military equipment, all the tanks, all the Humvees, all the decent halves, all the five tons, all the hammocks, got everything out of the way, and then all of a sudden there was a uh, chemical attack on civilians. What would you think about that? When it is obvious and perfectly clear that attack could have been prevented because they knew it was coming. It's not funny anymore, is it? It's not palatable to you. Once it hits the stomach, it turns quite sour. It does. So how do we come to grips with what is going on around us? I watched a piece today straight from Russian news with duly elected officials of the Russian government. 
and they were literally referring to us in mentally disturbed terms. Although they were not laughing about it, they stated that they hoped we would get back to normal diplomacy channels instead of a Twitter. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you realize that's that's well, a psychologist might draw up lines of uh mentally disturbing conclusions. No, really. I'm being quite serious. I mean We have one of the most powerful heads of state on the late great planet Earth making threats to foreign powers on Twitter. Is that a joke? Is that a farce? It sets the parameters for the mental condition of a society. That's what it does. And everybody knows it. So, Brian, have you been able to determine anything as to the delivery method of this chemical attack? Was it a missile? Was it a bomb? Was it an IUD and a Humvee drove by? Or have you determined... That, at least, can we determine what the delivery system was? Because that would be the absolute first question I would ask. So, what say you? For Pete's sakes. Okay, the Western narrative. They state time and time again, the claim is barrels dropped from a helicopter. As far as what's being claimed in the others... Look, folks, let me be blunt. For instance, and I didn't even bring the phone in here so I could check the exact time that and date I sent these messages to Matthew when I found this. April 6th, the day before the attacks, two witnesses, as in two websites, Posted the exact same thing. One was to the TASS news agency again, which is the Russian direct line to what their political establishment is stating. Okay, it's not fake news. Another, I believe it was out of Lebanon, I can't remember off the top of my head. Source also posted the same thing as a dual witness. It was stated Friday night by one of the Russian pol- politicians that Jaish el Islam, um, aka better known as Army of Islam, which is operating in Syria, that there were threats that they were going to launch a false flag attack. Okay, folks, this was stated before what happened on Friday. 
or on Saturday. This causes issues. Because also in the narrative, the unfortunate part being is Russia has said some very strange things that sort of detract from that statement. They're stating to the point that they have found no evidence of any chemical attacks. And as they've stated, as the Syrian diplomat to the UN stated, the White Helmets are not who people think they are. One of the comments made by the Syrian delegate to the UN this week, he points out that they were founded and the primary funding came from an ex-British intelligence operative. He was ex-military. This is further information I found out when I looked into it. He was ex-military and an ex-mercenary. And folks, yes, this is true. I spent probably a good two and a half hours verifying this last night. It took me a little bit of work, but then I finally found the reliable sources that I could actually count on because one was an Asian person that is tied into governmental work, and then we had two ex-intelligence operatives. One was ex-CIA, the other one was ex-Marine Intelligence. He is indeed what that Syrian diplomat stated he was. This further reemphasizes that we do not run around repeating falsehoods unless we have absolutely verified the source information. This is why I spent so long looking into this. As I pointed out on the program I did on Blog Talk Radio over at my Overt Attention Show uh, channel that I had now have earlier in the week, we need to carefully consider the evidence being brought forward. And since the fact is out there that there's a lot of questionable uh, details surrounding the white helmets, then we need to have absolute verifiable evidence to justify this action that the Western nations are taking and what they just did last night. Now, Matthew had stated that he had broke constitutional laws by not contacting the Congressional Congress and not getting approval beforehand. But here's the thing, and I would thank The Intercept for releasing this early this morning. They are using a twisting of the second something or another amendment to basically state that the quote-unquote commander-in-chief has the ability, because of that title, to make these calls without congressional approval. This goes back to Eisenhower. Nixon turned around and did the same thing in Cambodia when they invaded there and nobody even knew about it, or should I state maybe Henry Kissinger. This action has a long precedent. These files are classified through the Justice Department. If the congressional staff tries to get a hold of these, they can't get them because the Justice Department flat out refuses them to have them. So they'll give them a few documents that will be labeled top secret. And of course, when you get into that ballpark, well, you're going to have a billion things crossed out in the meantime. There's been elements within the Justice Department that have pulled stunts like this in the past. 
Okay, James Loftus, as I brought up on one of the previous programs, he was hired by Jimmy Carter to investigate the infiltration of Nazi war criminals into the United States, into multiple places, into places within government, you name it. He speaks about the fact that on top of it, there were people in the Justice Department when he was there that were corrupt. So yes, there is a historical precedent for these accidents happening. This is how he was able to do what was done last night without getting congressional approval. Okay, folks, let me take it a further step ahead. I hope everybody is aware of the fact that Trump, on top of it, reinitiated it um, earlier in this year. Of course, he reinitiated it last year, and this has been a constant since the uh, September 11th, 2001 attacks. Okay? The declaration essentially puts us in a war against terrorism. Therefore, the Constitution is made null and void at this point. Yet nobody seems to pay attention to this fact. Folks, you better figure it out. These people can do what they want to do, when they want to do it, and they have to answer to nobody. Is our current commander-in-chief privy to everything that is going on here at this current time? Oh, I would say most definitely not. Because let me explain something to everybody. Okay, there are certain things that are set in motion. There are certain things that happen with the way all the various security agencies are set up and the way they argue amongst each other back and forth and refuse to share intel. This creates plausible deniability. Okay, I mean, it's clear that I'm not the hugest fan of our current commander-in-chief, but that does not negate the fact that I'm not going to disrespect his position that he's in. A decision such as what happened yesterday, folks, try to put yourself in the shoes of a Western world leader as you're running around scratching your head looking at the intel and going, what the heck are we supposed to do here? I don't foresee that this was an easy decision on anybody's level, but at the same time, this decision should have been made with verifiable, documentable evidence outside of what they have stated through the French document that they declassified yesterday to release to the public, the Pentagon briefing yesterday, all of which I watched folks live. And this continues. They have no evidence that they brought to the table in support of the strikes. Now, Jeremy Scahill from The Intercept earlier this week released a video that details what all happened going back to a good stretch in history. Oh, quite far back. He started at the proper point where he should have. And he explained everything that has been done to Iraq by the Western world, starting first with the colonial moves with Britain, going forward with the United States, and all of the uh, nonsense that has been perpetrated. Flat out, folks, again, I've stated this so many times, it is common knowledge that the pretext for going into Iraq that's been proved beyond any shadow of a doubt was false. There was no connection to Al-Qaeda. There were no weapons of mass destruction. 
when we've had this happen in our lifetime and we see a narrative being played out in broad daylight again that reeks of the exact same narrative, everybody, you need to start asking some serious questions. And look, there's no excuse at this point not to be able to look into these things. You know, once again, they started floating this in the uh, infamous circles, you know, where I heard it through was the Pentagon statement. Then, of course, Reuters and, you know, the main majority of where all the Western world gets their news from, AP, of course, they start repeating the same thing, that, that there's reports like hundreds of thousands of Russian trolls are blasting the... Uh, social media, and the internet with this information. Okay, folks, for one, I have no idea. Secondly, if you're pulled into some sort of, um, oh, that's right, they haven't proved that any of that has happened, but they proved that the Mercer-backed Cambridge Analytica did more to affect and influence the election than any Russian narrative, oh, that's right, I warned about this. We've gone into McCarthyism era thinking again. How long had they been building this narrative again that Russia is always bad, in the words of the satire columnist um, that's done many videos out there? They have been laying this narrative out there for so long, it is utterly ridiculous. In tandem to this, several weeks back, we had the Skirtopol incident. Again, Sergei Larov, in the uh, statements that were being given through the televised uh, conference at BBC World, was pointing out, stated that again, Britain is refusing to allow them any of the evidence supporting this, to see the reports, any of it, they won't. So, of course, a uh, agency through Switzerland that is known for its dedication to looking into these very things with chemical warfare. According to his statements that he read in that briefing, the components found in that scurrile poisoning trace to a specific chemical was found in them that traces only to the Western nations. Now, is this nonsense fog of war propaganda? I don't know. The point is what I do know. When we had the Iraqi-Iranian war from the late 70s into the 80s, and the United States had given Saddam Hussein chemical weapons that were used against the Kurds. And just as of yesterday, they are celebrating or mourning. It's not even celebrating. It's Pete's sakes. I'm sorry about that. That's the most incorrect word. They are mourning the attempted genocide on the Kurdish people that was committed by Saddam Hussein. The Iranians were targeted in these attacks. Everybody might want, you know, they're going to immediately go, oh, well, that can't be true. Let me point this out. BBC documentary concerning what is happening with the Iranian nuclear deal 
as the major delegates are sitting down to the table, all of this is on film, as he looks right at the British one, they exchange the discourse amongst themselves, and he states, look, you and the United States gave chemical weapons to use to to use on us during the Iraqi-Iranian war. As the British diplomat looks at him and he goes, huh, yeah, oh, I guess we have a few problems here, don't we? Doesn't even deny it, folks. Now, there's another little detail that, of course, nobody is going to talk about. One report in March. I found this through was able to at least bring it to a source that I can deal with. An Indian news source had reported on it. Pointing out that a uh, chemical weapons factory was found in the hands of the rebels back in March of this year. Yesterday, the uh, SANA, the Syrian direct news agency, released a report with video stating they had found a chemical weapons facility with video and photographs stating that they had found one in Ghouta, the Duma region yesterday. Is this true? Is this old video? I don't know. What I do know is it's rather peculiar. It's rather peculiar what they're showing in this film. This is not the first time this has happened. I reported on this, I believe. It was either at the beginning of the year or the end of the year when these chemical agents were reported to be found in Syria that were from American and British sources that had gotten into the hands of the rebels. One of the United States diplomats, one of the uh, government websites had to release a statement concerning this, and they didn't deny that they were there. This has been documented several times that the chemical weapons have been in the hands of a couple of the different groups, bare minimum, and have been used. We have a girl that's on the ground trying to report from the events that are actually happening in Syria that also states what she points out about Jayesh al-Islam, or Army of Islam, is able to be verified as she states that they had taken multiple prisoners. You look further, you find out some of these were part of the Alawites, which is, of course, they have connections to the Assad regime. Who are the Alawites? Well, nobody can answer that because they cannot find any information about what is going on with that form of Islam. Most of the people, and very, be it Sunni or Shia, consider them heretics. I have no idea what they believe. But it has also been documented, as I said, some of these were Alawites that were rounded up and put in cages, but it's also been documented that they grabbed many civilians and put them in cages and held them prisoners throughout many areas. Okay, you can go out to government websites that actually keep track of each one of these groups and you will find the same material that I did. Because that's where I actually pulled the information on Army of Islam from. There's three variants. One is in the Gaza Strip, associated or not, no idea. But then on top of it, you're going to find out that there's also one associated with World War I. 
I don't think this is coincidence. But what she has stated is that basically they've been holding these people prisoner. And there was an attack launched on them, she claims, by Army of Islam. Now, it would be easy to look the other way on this claim if it were not for the fact. Let me repeat this again. The 24 hours previous to the attack happening in Syria, the Russian direct media outlet stated that there was going to be a false flag operation from Army of Islam. You start looking at all these pieces, you begin to walk away scratching your head. You get to the point where you go, I really wish I understood and knew what was actually going on. We are getting two different narratives. We are getting narratives from the Western end of things that refuse to bring forward any kind of verifiable proof outside of the fact that they spent their time going over the footage released through various media outlets, through photo and video. Folks, that is not enough evidence to call for a act of war against another nation. Do people understand what kind of world we live in nowadays? Simpleton with a laptop is capable of doing all kinds of entertaining footage. You get to the point, you just get fed up with it all. You get told one thing in one side of the world. You get something totally different from the other side of the world. Like I stated on the program I did, be it the first one or the second one this week on Overt Attention Show, we are in a fog of war. And this is just utterly insane at this stage. I'm handing it back over. Well, maybe it's time for a break. I think it's apropos if we just listen once again about just exactly when Yom Kippur will occur on the tribulation timeline. Please do enjoy the break. You're listening to the End Time Tribune. Leviticus 16. And the Lord spake unto Moses after the death of the two sons of Aaron, when they offered before the Lord and died. And the Lord said unto Moses, Speak unto Aaron thy brother, that he come not at all times into the holy place within the veil before the mercy seat, which is upon the ark, that he die not. For I will appear in the cloud upon the mercy seat. Thus shall Aaron come into the holy place with a young bullock for a sin offering, and a ram for a burnt offering. He shall put on the holy linen coat, and he shall have linen breeches upon his flesh, and shall be girded with a linen girdle, and with a linen mitre shall he be attired. These are holy garments. Therefore shall he wash his flesh in water, and so put them on. And he shall take of the congregation of the children of Israel two kids of the goats for a sin offering, 
and one ram for a burnt offering. And Aaron shall offer his bullock of the sin offering, which is for himself, and make an atonement for himself and for his house. And he shall take the two goats and present them before the Lord at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And Aaron shall cast lots upon the two goats, one lot for the Lord and the other lot for the scapegoat. And Aaron shall bring the goat upon which the Lord's lot fell and offer him for a sin offering. But the goat on which the lot fell to be the scapegoat shall be presented alive before the Lord to make an atonement with him and to let him go for a scapegoat into the wilderness. And Aaron shall bring the bullock of the sin offering which is for himself and shall make an atonement for himself and for his house and shall kill the bullock of the sin offering which is for himself. And he shall take a censer full of burning coals of fire from off the altar before the Lord and his hands full of sweet incense beaten small and bring it within the veil. And he shall put the incense upon the fire before the Lord that the cloud of the incense may cover the mercy seat that is upon the testimony that he die not. And he shall take of the blood of the bullock and sprinkle it with his finger upon the mercy seat eastward. And before the mercy seat shall he sprinkle of the blood with his finger seven times. Then shall he kill the goat of the sin offering that is for the people and bring his blood within the veil and do with that blood as he did with the blood of the bullock and sprinkle it upon the mercy seat and before the mercy seat. And he shall make an atonement for the holy place because of the uncleanness of the children of Israel and because of their transgressions and all their sins. And so shall he do for the tabernacle of the congregation that remaineth among them in the midst of their uncleanness. And there shall be no man in the tabernacle of the congregation when he goeth in to make an atonement in the holy place until he come out and have made an atonement for himself and for his household and for all the congregation of Israel. And he shall go out unto the altar that is before the Lord and make an atonement for it and shall take of the blood of the bullock and of the blood of the goat and put it upon the horns of the altar round about. And he shall sprinkle of the blood upon it with his finger seven times and cleanse it and hallow it from the uncleanness of the children of Israel. And when he hath made an end of reconciling the holy place and the tabernacle of the congregation and the altar, he shall bring the live goat. And Aaron shall lay both his hands upon the head of the live goat and confess over him all the iniquities of the children of Israel and all their transgressions and all their sins, putting them upon the head of the goat and shall send him away by the hand of a fit man into the wilderness. And the goat shall bear upon him all their iniquities unto a land not inhabited. And he shall let go the goat in the wilderness. And Aaron shall come into the tabernacle of the congregation and shall put off the linen garments, which he put on when he went into the holy place, and shall leave them there. And he shall wash his flesh with water in the holy place, and put on his garments, and come forth, and offer his burnt offering, and the burnt offering of the people, and make an atonement for himself and for the people. And the fat of the sin offering shall he burn upon the altar. And he that let go the goat for the scapegoat shall wash his clothes, and bathe his flesh in water, and afterward come into the camp. And the bullock for the sin offering, and the goat for the sin offering, whose blood was brought in to make atonement in the holy place, shall one carry forth without the camp, and they shall burn in the fire their skins, and their flesh, and their dung.
And he that burneth them shall wash his clothes, and bathe his flesh in water, and afterward he shall come into the camp. And this shall be a statute forever unto you. But in the seventh month, on the tenth day of the month, ye shall afflict your souls, and do no work at all, whether it be one of your own country or a stranger that sojourneth among you. For on that day shall the priest make an atonement for you to cleanse you, that ye may be clean from all your sins before the Lord. It shall be a Sabbath of rest unto you, and ye shall afflict your souls by a statute forever. And the priest, whom he shall anoint, and whom he shall consecrate to minister in the priest's office in his father's stead, shall make the atonement, and shall put on the linen clothes, even the holy garments. And he shall make an atonement for the holy sanctuary, and he shall make an atonement for the tabernacle of the congregation, and for the altar. And he shall make an atonement for the priests, and for all the people of the congregation. And this shall be an everlasting statute unto you, to make an atonement for the children of Israel, for all their sins, once a year. And he did, as the Lord commanded Moses. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been declared to you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? Isaiah chapter 14, verse 21. Ladies and gentlemen, know in your heart that you can precisely put the Day of Atonement on the Tribulation timeline utilizing Leviticus chapter 16 verses 12 through 16 and coupling it with Revelation chapter 8 verses 1 through 7. You are listening to the End Time Tribune. Dispel all cunningly devised fables concerning the pre-tribulational rapture. Revelation 8 And when he had opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven about the space of half an hour. And I saw the seven angels which stood before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. And another angel came and stood at the altar, having a golden censer. And there was given unto him much incense, that he should offer it with the prayers of all saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense which came with the prayers of the saints ascended up before God out of the angel's hand. And the angel took the censer and filled it with fire of the altar and cast it into the earth. And there were voices and thunderings and lightnings and an earthquake. And the seven angels which had the seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound. The first angel sounded and there followed hail and fire mingled with blood and they were cast upon the earth. And the third part of trees was burnt up, and all green grass was burnt up. And the second angel sounded, and as it were a great mountain burning with fire was cast into the sea. And the third part of the sea became blood. And the third part of the creatures which were in the sea and had life died. And the third part of the ships were destroyed. And the third angel sounded, and there fell a great star from heaven, burning as it were a lamp. And it fell upon the third part of the rivers, 
and upon the fountains of waters. And the name of the star is called Wormwood. And the third part of the waters became Wormwood. And many men died of the waters because they were made bitter. And the fourth angel sounded, and the third part of the sun was smitten, and the third part of the moon, and the third part of the stars, so as the third part of them was darkened, and the day shone not for a third part of it, and the night likewise. And I beheld and heard an angel flying through the midst of heaven, saying with a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth, by reason of the other voices of the trumpet of the three angels, which are yet to sound. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the End Time Tribune. I think I will share with you a riddle, shall we say, of a third part and a fourth part. Let's start this off with um, the KJV. My son came to me today, kind of confused. He quoth unto me this, A third part of thee shall die with pestilence and with famine. They shall be consumed in the midst of thee, and a third part shall fall by the sword round about thee, and I will scatter a third part into all the winds, and I will draw out a sword after them. Now, from the Thompson translation, a fourth part of thee shall be consumed with pestilence, and a fourth part of thee shall perish by famine in the midst of thee, and a fourth part of thee shall fall by the sword round thee, and I will make bare a sword to pursue them. My son wanted to know the answer to the riddle. I said, really? <laughs> I said, well, son, know in your heart this, that Ezekiel chapters 4 and 5 details the exploits of the first writer, to be sure. And the word of the Lord thy God, son, well, it's binary. And riddle me this, not by manner of percent. I said, why don't you riddle me, son? You know how much a third part is, right? Well, yeah. Okay. And you know how much a fourth part is, right? Yeah. I said, okay, why don't you give me the sum of those two parts? It took him a minute to figure it out, but then his... Eyebrows raised, his expression completely changed, and he said, Well, Daddy, that's a seventh part. And I just laughed. But maybe we'll talk about that a different day. The Chronicles of the Fourth Writer. You know, ladies and gentlemen, I uh, I wonder 
I really do wonder how many of you are rooting for this first strike. Because you're under the assumption that you're going to beat Abraham to heaven and get out of the conflict. I wonder. You know, let's, uh, let's, uh, ask Brian's thoughts on that. Brian, buddy, what do you get for the feel of these uh, different Christian websites? Do you get the feel that they're excited about what's happened, or they're concerned? Because you can't be both. You can either be happy we're at war, or you cannot be happy we're at war with the people that can't defend themselves. I mean, for the love of Pete, if you actually want to tell the American people that uh, this highly sophisticated attack was carried out by uh, <laughs> 55-gallon drums being dropped out of helicopters... And you actually think in your mind that they have the capacity to defend themselves against, well, what our own POTUS described as smart missiles. Either you're happy or you're not. Brian, what's your thoughts? What are my thoughts, for Pete's sakes? For one, I don't really... I don't think I've had too much time to waste uh, going over what the uh, Crusaders are saying. I, I looked at one of our uh, ex-colleagues' work just from the um, broadcast that can be found throughout satellite and cable all over the world. And it is so filled with Sprinkling of truth and absolute nonsense that I was so thoroughly bothered by it, I couldn't even believe it. That was just one example. Now, of course, the other examples. Let's talk about two people that definitely have been brought into and hired via our current administration to make certain that we are have a counter-narrative of propaganda. Okay, we had the infamous, uh, everybody was talking about the infamous little Tucker Carlson comments the other night. Well, folks, there, there may have been slightly true things that were said in some of that, but the problem was is the way he spun it and where he took it he didn't have a clue. Just one moment, folks. Uh, why in the heck? All right, sorry about that. Well, man, if you want to bring him in, that's fine. I don't 
have any issue with that. But nonetheless, misinfo wars is so completely and absolutely delusional at this stage, I can't even believe it. The Tucker Carlson narrative wasn't saying due to the fact of this. Let me state why. Because they point out that Trump said, well, we were going to be isolationists. We weren't going to do this. We weren't going to do that all throughout the election cycle. Folks, let me explain something. During the election cycle, I watched all of the speeches that were going on at the rallies. I wanted to know what was being said myself. Okay? And he spoke out of two sides of his mouth. One side would state that. His other comments would contradict that, where he would state, why do we have nuclear weapons if we don't use them? We are going to build the strongest military that we have ever seen. Uh, Gee, what about his comments about um, targeting ISIS family members? Um, What other comments were made? Oh, yeah. He also, at the very same time, stated exactly what I'm going to read from his Twitter post yesterday. So proud of our great military, which will soon be after the spending of billions of fully approved dollars, the finest that our country has ever had. There won't be anything or anyone even close. Okay, folks, can I hit the rewind button? For those of you... um conspiracists out there that are claiming there was a coup in the White House and he has a gun to his head, you're delusional. Let me repeat what was just said because he stated this from the word go during the elections. He made it come to pass in the budget that was just put into effect as a 2,000-page document was handed to the voting members of Congress and all the other houses, blah, 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 and they just rushed it right through. The whole time he has been stating that this very thing was going to happen after spending of billions of fully approved dollars. Folks, he chose to fire Rex Tillerson. His administration did. They chose to hire John Dalton. The, uh, what is it, the, um, New Century American, I can't remember the name of the infamous project, which many suspect had a lot to do with what happened on September 11th. I can't deny or verify that information, a.k.a. I don't care. The point is, he stated this out of his own mouth, and you've got these nut jobs and that circle that have been bought and paid for to work as part of this infamous fog of war that is happening in the United States. Yes, because while our media is barraging us with what this week, while all of this is going on, the vast majority of them, all they could talk about was Russian collusion. Hey, hey, anybody getting sick of this? Oh, yeah, McCarthyism at its finest. If you don't know what I'm talking about, please learn your history for Pete's sakes. As we watch spin and spin and repeat itself. I think some of the folks that have been paying attention to my Twitter feed might have got a kick out of how I was able to find certain quotes in these articles that should start alarming you immediately. 
because they're spinning the same narrative of things that were said years ago. I was highly concerned when I saw one of the Israeli uh, uh, folks in the government make the comment about the axis of evil. I just went, oh no, here we go again. There was other statements that were made that were an exact repeat of the things that were stated prior to the buildup of the invasion of Afghanistan and Iraq, even stretching years previous to that. They're saying the same rhetoric again. Folks, if you can't realize that we have got the exact same events playing out that they stated before on a historical level, you best wake up. You better wake up to the fact that where this is going is going nowhere good. Yes, they stated thus far that this is a limited strike, but as also was stated in the Pentagon briefing yesterday, we are not removing those airplanes from out of that area until we deem necessary. Also, we had the events in Gaza this week. I'm just touching on this for a moment. Of course, there was violence to protest. Once again, we're not good. They were throwing Molotov cocktails, all sorts of stuff, burning flags. Luckily, once again, the IDF spent a great deal of time documenting this. We did not have near as many deaths as what the last two caused. Once again, there was injuries, but look, folks, go out and find the Intercept YouTube channel. Go out and find the series that is done on blowback. And while you're at it, actually go out and find his written series that is done on blowback. You know why I will back it? Because I've already done all the previous work of everything that he points out in the short videos to paraphrase his articles. Everything he says is absolutely true. I would highly advise folks that you go find that. We had the events that happened in Gaza earlier in the week. As I reported on the podcast that I did previously on over at Attention Show, the IDF moved the Iron Dome missile defense system towards the northern border from the Golan Heights area to protect against strikes coming in that direction. They moved it from protecting against Hamas up to the northern border. Friday, Lebanon released statements as they were thoroughly not pleased with the fact that uh, Israel had been flying, the IAF forces were flying very close, either over the border or on the border, and they weren't too pleased about this. If they didn't cross the border, there shouldn't be any issues. Once again, I don't know. I wasn't there with binoculars looking. I didn't see it myself, but irregardless of that, those reports came out. We had reports of a drone that was inside of Lebanon, of Israeli origin, going further back in the week. Folks, you better pay attention about to what I'm going to say. The very beginning of the week, as all of this started to build up, 
we had a plethora of warships scrambled to Cyprus. Cyprus in the Bible is Kittim. If you don't know what I'm talking about, look at Daniel 11, look at Numbers 24. We also had filming of RAF coming in throughout the week, landing there in the base in Cyprus, which they have. Multiple other air units were filmed coming in, and some were even speculating that one of the groups that came in were people from the Arab Gulf Coalition. Mohammed bin Salman stated earlier in the week that they were going to get involved with this coalition while he was in Paris, France. Folks, I can, I can take this in whatever direction you want me to. It does not matter which direction you want me to go. But, you know, let me bring this up and ask Matthew about that because I did pull him up. I mean, I did uh, two extensive pieces this week that I would hope to do, at least on my own program or something here, because it didn't happen because, of course, somebody um, with the password to my wireless uh, router managed to get in and mess with my security settings, turn off the password for access, and do all kinds of other fun stuff. Hence why I was not able to stay connected to Blog Talk Radio earlier in the week as I tried to do my live programs. And yes, folks, that's what happened. Good stuff. But I have an entire piece done up here on a river, an ancient river, that is right in the Gouda district by Duma where these attacks happened. Folks... This is in the Bible, this very river. And that Hebrew word has a whole lot to say. Also, on the 13th, we had a mosque in the northern West Bank that was torched in an apparent Arab hate crime. Okay, what was it? Well, folks, this is um, the right-wing nationalist Israeli settlement settler movement, which I have warned people time and time again, you better look into these people. The bottom of the article goes on to point out this is not the first time that we've had to label um, this right-wing group as a terror. Let's see here. Here's the uh, statement. While Jewish Israelis have in the past been convicted of membership in terror organization, it was the first time a Jew was convicted of membership in a terror organization for carrying out so-called price tag attacks. Why did they state price tag attacks? That's what they called this. They wrote very specific statements in this mosque, around other mosques in the area, not to even mention all the graffiti that was found on cars. There's several reports out there about this. At the time, the Times of Israel wrote the most uh, in-depth version. This place where it happened the city itself is Akrabah. That word traces to the Hebrew word for scorpion. The region it's located in is Shechem. Now, folks, when you overlay just these two little pieces that I worked on this week, and you look at what God is trying to tell you, 
concerning what is about to come. You would best. You would best be watching and paying attention to all of what's about to come at us. Hand it back over. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have a unexpected guest that seems to be quite elusive when he wants to be. But uh, Brent showed up on the switchboard, and I thought to myself, well, perhaps he could add something to our insight. So please do welcome to the broadcast, Brent Elusive. Brent, how have you been? And please do uh, give us your uh, commentary, your your thoughts, your, your feelings on what the Holy Spirit is uh, leading you to look into about this current situation we find ourselves in. Uh, yeah, thank you, Matthew. Um, I've been struggling. I've been watching. Um, thank you for this opportunity. Uh, there's been a, a lot of things on my heart. Uh, the information that I've shared before puts me into the mind of, of course, we're in the last days. And it's, though we have Christ and God our Father, it's 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 scary. You guys do an excellent, fabulous job every week of sharing the details of the planet. And rightfully so. It gets people's attention. They get to learn and see things that they don't learn or see anywhere else. My concern is those things. But as we see this happening in the Middle East and growing, I personally need to remember. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places, which are influencing the things that you speak about on this earth. It's hard to remember that we're spirit beings sometimes when all this is going on in the flesh. I have a little something here, if I could read it. Um, I had planned on doing something with you guys before, and you asked me what is on my heart. I have a sister, and I called her last month for her birthday. She told me that she was going to on a cruise in November to Spain, in November. That concerned me, and uh, she told me that I've been warning about many things over the years, and nothing has happened. My reply was that things have been ramping up. I have a coworker half my age who claims to be a Christian who told me that uh, he may see the tribulation in his lifetime. 
but I wouldn't have to worry. This sort of attitude and reasoning has always been the case. Ezekiel 12:21. And the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, what is this proverb that you have in the land of Israel, saying, The days are prolonged, and every vision faileth. Again the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, behold, they of the house of Israel say, The vision that he seeth is for many days to come. And he prophesieth of a time, times that are far off. Therefore, say unto them, Thus saith the Lord, There shall none of my words be prolonged any more, but the words which I have spoken shall be done, saith the Lord. Son of man, when the land sinneth against me, by trespassing grievously, then I will stretch out my hand upon it, and will break the staff of the bread thereof, and will send famine upon it, and will cut off man and beast from it. And those the, and though these three men, Noah, Daniel, and Job, were in it, they should deliver but their own souls by their righteousness, saith the Lord. I have just a little bit more, and I thank you for the opportunity. Once saved, always saved. The pre-tribulation rapture. There are many things that are being taught that people need to know might not be true or aren't true. And the things that you are showing them week after week are the signs of the times. And the times are perilous. Revelation 3.16 So that because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Matthew 7.21 Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doth it the will of my Father which is heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And I in thy name cast out devils, and in thy name done wonderful works? And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me that work iniquity. I believe this is totally relevant to the war in Israel right now, or, excuse me, the Middle East, to all the implications Brian is bringing up in all parts of the world, and your concern about people, Matthew. I could counsel, excuse me, Revelation 3.18, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich and white remnant, that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear. And anoint thine eyes with salve that thou mayest see. As many as I love, Revelations 3, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. I don't know about anybody else, but I need that in my life. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of men. War, 
peace, good times, bad times. This is the whole duty of men. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good. Now here's something interesting. And again, I thank you for the time, Matthew. In Revelations, after all has been said and done, the last book, and the dragon was wroth with a woman and went to make war with the remnant of the seed, which keepeth the commandments of God and, ha- and have the testimony of Jesus. Revelations 14. Here's the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Revelations 22. I'm almost done. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the city. And this is really what's been on my heart. Because the enemy has come in like a flood in so many ways, in so many people's lives. I want everybody to remember this because I'm speaking to myself. If I speak in the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers, and I do not claim that, but I have spoken prophetic utterances and made claims about certain times and seasons and understand all mysteries and all knowledge. And if I have all faith so as to remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have and if I deliver up my body to be burned but have not love, I gain nothing. So it's with love that I warn your listeners to listen to you and Brian and get closer to God. That's what's been on my heart, Matthew, and I'm always glad to listen to you guys, and I'm thankful you're there. Well, Brent, you are most welcome. (laughs) You are... uh... Well, you're more worthy than we, I should think. Ladies and gentlemen, let's let's think about what Clint <clears throat> declared from the book of Revelation. You, you know, you need to come to grips with this, that it's impossible for the dragon to go off and make war with the rest of her seed. If that seed has even superseded he who was the benefactor of the promise, how could Satan make war against that seed if she's been raptured to heaven? Ladies and gentlemen, we have people right now that is in control of the CIA and this is what they think in June of 2015 the director of the CIA in giving a uh, speech at the Wichita Summit Church said this 
He concluded that speech by describing politics as a never-ending struggle until the rapture. Ladies and gentlemen, you need to realize where that term came from, and I'm not lying to you. It preceded the publication of the KJV because it was published first by William Shakespeare. And third time was a charm. You need to look it up. The event horizon for the word rapture is straight from the entertainment industry of Shakespearean fiction. And that's the truth. That's a fact. That is a literary fact. It's a fact. I want to thank Brent for coming on and give us giving us his two cents because I personally feel that his two cents outweighed my dime. May it be as the Lord wills, as he always does, as he always will. You know, ladies and gentlemen, I'm spent all afternoon working on a post for the End Time Tribune today. It was literally taking me 20 minutes to write one sentence as my cursor was going crazy. Something had taken over my mouse, and, uh, well, it was copying text, deleting text. It was just had its mind of its own accord, so I finally figured out that I needed to unplug and close the two browsers in order to get it to work, so it'll be published tomorrow. I'll show you quite definitively where the rubber hits the road. I will tell you the title, though. I guess I can do that. But you're probably not going to appreciate the title as I think about it. But, you know, ladies and gentlemen, you need to know the fact of the matter. You need to know exactly what the Bible, God's holy word, says definitively. But the name of the article I have uh, elected to be... Behold, I will show you a secret. We shall not all be raptured, but we shall all be changed. I'm going to show you definitively what you're going to be, because you're going to be changed. And that means something. In the English, this cannot be done, but it is an absolute descriptor. An absolute indicator. You could also describe it as. That's why God's used the Koinonia Greek. Because you can put together a word that with one word he can tell you what, where, and when. 
He just uses three Greek words and puts them together into one word. He does it multiple times. But ladies and gentlemen, if you're rooting for war, you are not on the side you think you're on. You're not. For no God-fearing, Bible-believing, gospel-preaching Christian would ever advocate war without absolute proof, and not only that, with casualties in hand. Do you know what that means? Do you know what's happened in times past? I will tell you. It's called the Red Cross. They would go in set up temporary hospitals for casualties and determined what exactly had happened. Funny how I haven't heard mention of them. By the way, I want to ask Brian something. You know, it was Brian and I that released on the End Time Tribune in times past the simple fact that the country that had committed treachery in the midst of world war, that little bitty country was, of course, Italy. Of course, everybody's going to lie to you and tell you that, no, Italy was always a part of the Axis. They were never a part of the Allies. Really? Really? That's interesting, ladies and gentlemen, because Italy was an ally. Oh, yes, they were. So... Brian, uh, can you bring us up to speed on anything that's been happening with Italy? Uh, what stance are they taking with this uh, Syrian strike? Have you heard anything about them? You asked the magical question. World War One and World War Two, folks. Who is it that flips sides in both of these events? Or a better terminology for that would be turncoat. Oh yes, it was Italy. Because of the issues that they're having with the formation of this government. Beginning statements throughout the week and this continued to build and build and build. Elements within this new attempt to establish a government are backing Russia. Later statements came forward that they're backing NATO. These statements are kind of coming along the line of um, you guys that made that statement. Well, we might get rid of you. Now, I'm sure if I made the next statement, everybody's going to start going absolutely crazy because, well, maybe we'll touch on that. Everybody just loves to talk about the Pope nowadays. Yet. Find it kind of funny that they don't check sources before they run around repeating things. But the Pope already came out condemning, and he was highly concerned about what was going on in Italy due to the fact of what happened during what was that World War One and World War Two, and the ramifications of what's happening 
is so very parallel to what happened in World War II, it is frightening. You have a right-wing governing body that is essentially trying to take the reins. What do I mean by a right-wing? Well, it's a nationalist, anti-immigrant, anti-refugee. I think we've heard this rhetoric before. Hungary this week on top of it, or Ben got in, through the vote. As of today, there's over 10,000 people in the streets protesting this in Hungary. I told everybody, you had better watch Austria-Hungary. You see the signs of that flaring up? Well, it started flaring up a long time ago. There's a reason I stated that, because World War I, World War II are all linked to Austria-Hungary. Well, 10,000 people in the streets ticked off about this election. Kind of like what happened in America, you weren't really given an option. Because the other candidate, give me a break. You know that uh, that certain infamous uh, satire media analyst from Britain that I always bring up. I'll link in a couple of his things to my Twitter. I, I will take a look at him. You know, he released a video the very day after the election when Donald Trump won the election. You know what, folks? His rant, his absolute disgust, everything in there he stated was absolutely true. Now, I'm sorry, folks. The other candidate, she did not try. Give me a break. Everybody knows this now. Okay, he goes on to point out a whole lot of other details concerning this. And he states some very... Yeah, he he uses a little bit of language here, but he makes his point. And that's the whole gist of what I'm getting at. But we just had the same thing happen in Hungary. 10,000 people on the streets because they're ticked off that the very same thing just happened there. As that nation alone has been in the grips of nationalism for quite some time. I found it interesting that you had brought up a few tidbits here about Gog and Magog. Everybody wants to run around saying it's Russia. Look, folks, I have so thoroughly debunked this that it is absolutely ridiculous. And at some point, I'm going to be doing a broadcast that is going to lay this to rest. Uh, you know, one of our Miss Infowars, uh, you know, they make the statement about Rosh in Russia. Oh, my gosh, people. Do you understand that they were associated with the Vikings, that the people, the uh, Rafath, as they would be called in the Bible, the Slavs that they tell you they have no idea where they came from in every historical thing that you'll look at? Okay, they are Rafath. Okay, the Rus, or as they are called, they were called in there because the Slavs that were in what is modern-day Russia were fighting amongst themselves so much that they said, um, we need help getting everything in order here because it's going absolutely insane. Somebody come in kind of like what happened in the Ukraine as uh, Yulia Yomanshenko came in and then Western back snipers showed up on the ground and then neo-Nazis started killing people and they got on the phone and said, help to Russia. Yes, folks, this is, this is verified fact now. And I reported all of this when we did our first broadcast on the Ukraine years back after that happened. You can go into the archives. You can listen to it. 
Okay, BBC on the ground investigators have confirmed this now. So this is not make-believe. And yeah, guess what? As we called her then, Bernice, Yulia Yomanchenko. Oh boy, she's the strongest running candidate in the upcoming elections that are going to happen in the Ukraine. I hope that catches your attention. The Russ. Like I said, they were associated with, well, Ashkenaz in the Bible. Or as I pointed out, the Saka branch of the Scythian. Tall, blonde hair, blue eyes. Yeah, we know how that works. They left. At one point in history, they're not the people that are there in Russia. And yet people run around. Oh, because it says Rosh. Well, that's why. That's why. No. The Hebrew is very specific. It is the chief head. It is the prince that is over the region. It's not Rosh connected to Russia. No, that word means the prince. Austria-Hungary, Magog, the land of Magog. It's the chief prince over the land of what? Gog over Magog. Who is Magog? That is the Magar. People that live in the region of Austria-Hungary. I can prove this with historical documentation and archaeogenetics. This is not up for debate. And this is something that has been getting under my skin because, once again, folks, do you not understand when they started trying to convince everybody that uh, Russia was Gog and Magog? Do you know the timing of that? It was the late 1800s and the events that were leading up to World War I. Okay, I have the documentation here, the actual book of the first quote-unquote supposed scholar that brought this to everybody's attention, that they were Magog, that they were God. Okay, and to dispel another myth, the Magar that settled in Austria-Hungary, because, well, that was the first place that they lived. They went into Central Asia for quite a period of time, and then they came back to their original homeland, that's in Austria-Hungary, hence the land of Magog. And once again, this is documented through archaeology and archaeogenetics. There's no dispute. This whole thing has been put into everybody's mind for the very same thing that we're dealing with again, with the McCarthyism. And people run around and they keep repeating this. And I'm making this statement now because I'm getting tired of it. They have you looking in all the wrong places and they are doing this on purpose. I spent, since starting with the End Time Tribune, all the way up until about a year ago, I spent tracking the Table of Nations and where they're at. I did this with historical documentation, with archaeology, and with archaeogenetics so that we had no questions asked when we come to look at a specific spot in the Bible where it mentions a people group. We know where they are. We know where to look. We know the locations. 
because this is the most important aspect to understanding everything that is taking place. So that's where it stands. We have issues in these departments, things flaring up in places that are not being talked about. As most of your infamous eschatology scholars are rehashing all their books that were put into place after Israel became a nation. Why? Why did they start playing with eschatology? Let's talk about dispensationalism. Do you people realize that that was in response to the fact that they went, oh, wait a minute. Well, we didn't see that coming, that Israel was going to become a nation again. So they had to backtrack and make up some things. And then all of a sudden, they come along with more of the eschatology uh, handbooks that are handed out as the texts that have to be studied in these seminaries before they're able to sign on the dotted line and go get passed through the door. I have in my possession all those books, folks. I have read them. I can go through line by line and tear apart everything that is being stated in these books. This is where we sit. You have the shepherds misleading the sheep. This has been going on for quite some time. We have elements of end-time prophecy that nobody wants to talk about. Elements out concerning the church in this time. That all the prophecies concerning the church have come to pass as far as what they were going to do. As far as deception... This builds and builds and builds. But yet again, nobody wants to talk about that either. You know, Matthew, why don't you explain to everybody what it states there in the Greek? Like, for instance, in Matthew 24, many shall come in my name and deceive many. Why don't you, like, fill everybody in on what the Greek says there? See, I know, but Matthew can explain this much more thoroughly than I can. Brian, you asked to drop a bombshell right at the end of the program when there is no hope of me being able to cover it in the amount of time we have left. So tonight that riddle shall go unanswered. And I already know why. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to take the question that Brian asked me and put it in your mouth. Because right now it's really sweet to your palate. We're going to let it set there until the next broadcast. And I'm going to give to you the contents to what he just described, and boy, is it going to turn sour in your stomach. You know, ladies and gentlemen, Brian and I have spent exhaustive measures to define for you that eschatology is isochronal. 
That's a fact straight out of God's mouth. This was published this week in the Telegraph. Italy the weak link as West forges Syrian plan. Let me read a little bit from here. Italy has emerged as the weak link in the West gears up to launch military action against Syria in a retaliation for chemical attacks on civilians. The caretaker prime minister. Now, he's the just the caretaker prime minister because of the debacle of this uh, general election that was inconclusive. Um, this is what he stated. It would only offer logistical support to allies like Britain. Italy will not participate in Syrian military actions, said the caretaker prime minister, based on current international and bilateral accords. Italy will not continue to offer logistical support to allied forces. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, well, <laughs> there you have it. But you know, we will eventually go once around this ride for the final time. And then the Lord your God will interrupt this timeline, set things straight. And Lord have mercy, is that event going to turn sour in your stomach? You know, ladies and gentlemen, just so you know that... Uh, The two chapters we played during break, I do hope you know that in Leviticus chapter 16, the two that it was talking about at the end of that chapter is, of course, the two witnesses. I do hope you realize that. And I do hope that you already knew I wasn't the one that informed you that Ezekiel chapter 4 and 5 was actually chronicling the exploits of the fourth writer because it does. Ezekiel chapter 34 is written for the illicit purpose of telling you who is going to construct these cunningly devised fables. They are called the shepherds that feed themselves. I strongly suggest uh, you read Ezekiel chapter 34 in as many translations as you can stomach. You know, it is amazing to me After all this time, after dedicating my entire life to the Bible, God's Holy Word, 
I still to this day have people send me questions about words that was never in the Bible. Concepts and thoughts that were never there. And I mean not ever. I mean, I can quote to you off the top of my head what that Hebrew terminology used in his word. I can also quote to you the Greek. Exactly the descriptors used for shepherds that feed themselves. And yes, Brian mentioned that he checked out a few of our colleagues from time past. Feed themselves indeed. They are exclusively a part of the entertainment industry. But that was their intention long before I met them. And that is their intention now. I, for one, strongly suggest that you uh, – well, you might want to check my Twitter feed. Let's just put it like that, shall we? I strongly suggest you check my Twitter feed for the last two items. I'll just I'll just leave them there for a while. Just let it sink in. But we've got problems. I mean, as we speak, um, a great swath of Oklahoma is burning to the ground. I mean, I won't fail to mention, um, you know, our own faithful witness, the old faithful geyser, right here in the uh, <laughs> the heart of Mundus Novus. Does anybody realize that uh, more than 89 earthquakes hit near Old Faithful Geyser in Wyoming within 24 hours? And their number increases every hour here? But that's neither here nor there, is it? We'll ride the Tomahawk cruise missiles to glory. with great pomp and parade from the Crusaders. As for me, I will watch and pray. And I hope that God gives me the start gun. Because I won't pull it once. I'll expend our ammunition. I'll make sure them writers know what they're doing. But that's just me. Brian, your closing comments, and don't forget to hand out your 
website information and contact information if you uh, choose to do so. How my uh, closing comments? We didn't even cover not even a speck of what's happened in this last week, this last two weeks, this last three weeks. Not even close. There's a reason I started up a new program on Blog Talk Radio, Overt Attention Show, was the very fact alone is because we have so many breaking events happening nonstop throughout the week that we're not able to cover everything in a two-hour segment on a Saturday. So you can find me here on Block Talk Radio over at Attention Show, or you can follow me on Twitter at Overt Attention, or just search for Overt Attention Show, or my website, overtattentionshow.com. If you'd like to contact me, thebandsoftime at gmail.com. You know, folks, we've come to the crossroads of all the things that we have been stating for so very long that we're going to come to pass. As I pointed out last year and even previous, folks, I had made a statement at one time when you start seeing warships scramble to Kittim to Cyprus, If I'm not aware of it, please contact me immediately. Stated that on the Bands of Time on video. We had the uh, event that happened last year on the uh, 100th year anniversary of the United States entering World War I. They did a drive-by from Cyprus. But this very week, what happened is there were multiple airplanes, warships, and everything else were scrambled from Cyprus. As we pointed out before, after these events, when you see the warships going to Cyprus to Kittum, it's plural. Previous to this, it also points out in the Hebrew that this event was going to be multiple. That those warships would be scrambled to Kittum. Again, as I stated, it's also plural. Forces from him, who's him, the Assyrian, shall rise. Everybody, do you remember what happened in 2013 when the the infamous red line came up and then Obama pulled back because, well, why did he pull back? Because he received intelligence that there was not a legal present precedent to actually make a strike on Syria. That's why he pulled out. It's not what they run around trying to tell you in the right-wing circles. That's why he didn't make the strike. Shortly thereafter, ISIS flared up. Okay, it's real easy to... See, when you realize, oh, that's right, Osiris is the Greek word for the Assyrian. The people that came to Egypt, they said they were worshiping Asher, the Assyrian. 
Okay, and we know who his wife is. It's ISIS. I mean, they didn't choose that acronym without cause. But then again, as we pointed out nonstop, even as we did our programs that are in that archive, after I spent months deeply looking into ISIS, went through several books and major decent documentaries concerning the topic, then we did those programs. When they started their campaign, they went straight up the ancient Assyrian battle map. You can overlay the two of them, and there's no questions asked. I also had brought a clip to everybody's attention when we did that program, and you can go over on the Overt Attention Show YouTube channel and even look at the video clip where they show you in broad daylight everything that Psalm 83 states concerning the Assyrian, that he'll be hidden in the shadows. He's the outstretched arm, the hand behind the sons of Lot. You'll see the physical representation that they did on that video because nobody knew who this guy was. We brought this to everybody's attention years ago. Beyond any shadow of a doubt, we know who was pulling those strings. Prior to the events this week, we had three telltale signs that the Nineveh Christians got together and they had an event that they called Rise Nineveh. The Syrian Christians are good people, folks. I would look into them. We also had two direct warnings. One, we had a statue built in London, the hidden one, as they referred to it. That was the ancient one of the ancient Assyrian. Well, it was one of the hosts. I mean, let's not mince words. Then we had the threat that was written in English when they hacked all the websites, the Falcon. And I revealed last week what that means in the Hebrew, and it only shows up three times in the Bible. Those words were chosen for a reason. We've seen the Assyrian's hand, at least his own hand, two times in the last week. And on top of it, we have Nineveh being called what it was called the very day that ISIS rose up after they had the funding from the Iraqi government and they were declared a government. That very day, ISIS took over the area. But now we had a movement last week called Rise Nineveh. I cannot state this enough. God is screaming at the top of his lungs so that his people are full well aware of everything that's coming. And this is where we sit as of this week. We had those events last week. We have events breaking out in the Gaza Strip. We had the attack, alleged attack by Israel. They still deny that's, that's a given. That's what the way the security works anyways. That they made the strike on Homs. I did a program on why Homs is important. It's Hamath. It's important. One of the words in there, its meaning is fortress, but it also means wrath. That I would pay attention to. They think that attack may destabilize the entire area. Since then, Hezbollah 
has been threatening, Iran has been threatening, and not to even mention the threats coming from Hamas and other elements, terror elements, because Hamas itself is a direct offshoot of the Muslim Brotherhood. I've said this before. They are stating the very thing that Psalms 83 told us to watch for. Let us make Israel a nation no more. Or in the terms that are coming out from the Ayatollah, from Hezbollah, from Hamas, and all these other groups. As they threaten to wipe them off the face of the earth. That they will no longer be allowed in that nation. I'd keep that in mind as you watch everything that is unfolding as we speak. And any of these false shepherds that are running around telling you there's nothing going on. Or if you're not even seeing people engaging in the conversation of the fact that these things aren't happening, you might want to start asking some serious questions, be it to the people that you are surrounded with or whomever. But you better keep your eyes on everything that's unfolding because this thing is moving at lightning speed. That all said, thanks for joining us. God bless. Well, ladies and gentlemen, as for me, (laughs) you all know how to contact me, should the need arise. You know, when the rubber hits the road, who are you going to ask what God's Word actually says? No, really, who are you going to ask? If something is troubling you about God's holy word, reach out to me. You'll figure out real quick you don't have to reach very far. Well, Brent, do you have any closing comments? Uh, Would you like to take us out with a prayer? I don't know. That sounds like a good idea. Wow. Um, Well, I would like to uh, reiterate just what you said, Matthew. Uh, Reaching out to you. Ladies and gentlemen, Matthew has spent his life preparing for this time. God has put him in this time to be prepared for this time. Brian has knowledge, wisdom, and understanding that we might take for granted right now. But if you are listening, you're going to have people coming to you and asking you questions. These men are someone you should point them to if you don't have the answers. Send a tweet. Send a text. Just put it out there, their websites, with a little smiley face on it. Because sooner or later, God is going to use these men, not like they haven't been used to their potential, but more than they realize their potential. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. 
and we have a lot to do. And these men are prepared to do it. Have been and are. A prayer. Yes, Matthew. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Uh, <laughs> give me one moment, very short moment. Oh, goodness. This is something that was spoken over the nation of Israel. This is something that God gave to the priests to pray. May God bless you and keep you. May God bless you.